TCU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors, Tuesday, November 28th edition of the show. We've got a lot to talk about. Football season may be over for East Carolina, but really the fun is just beginning. The transfer portal doesn't even open for undergrads until Monday, and yet it's already being flooded with announcements, graduate transfers, and other players. Uh, not necessarily by ECU quite yet, but just across the country. It is chaos. You've got the coaching carousel. It's insanity right now, and this is the best time of year if you're trying to follow the the train that is the college football offseason. Uh, we will bring you some news. We just had John Gilbert's press conference, the ECU athletic director over on campus. His end-of-year State of the Pirates address. We'll talk about that and more with Joseph Sampson. He's in studio it is still a Joey Football Tuesday, despite the season being over, Joe. How's it yeah. going? I, the season never ends. That's it does what the first thing people need to realize. College football is a 365-day-a-year circus. I guess it's the best way to put it. I mean, we're it talking about circus. coordinators. We're talking about new transfer portal guys. We're talking about guys who are possibly getting into the portal. The Washington State quarterback hasn't even announced he's nearing the portal and reportedly has 10 million plus offers to go and transfer somewhere else this is an I, I i don't even know how to describe it this is just an unabridged landscape nobody's ever experienced it there's no kind of precedent for what we're experiencing right now and it truly is free agency it is insane man it's and this the thing is like people are reporting the rules are being broken and yet nothing is there's being just, done about it there's no rules i was about to say yeah what rules the rules were the school cannot pay the player right End of rule book. Move and, on. And then there was supposed to be rules, no tampering, but now there's a, a rule actually if your coach leaves, you have a 45-day window from when the head coach leaves or is fired or let go. They, anybody can hop in the portal. There's no limitations. There's no instant transfers uh, that are held up. Like Everybody has a chance to hop in because that happened with the Mel Tucker thing this year with Michigan State is once he was let go officially, all those players were allowed 45 days to jump into the portal immediately. So we're experiencing that now, too. Michigan State basically overnight goes and gets the man who's never allowed in Cornvallis again, former Oregon State quarterback who's now the head coach of Michigan State. So now that's another factor playing into it. I mean, your phone has to be blowing up a million different ways. My phone's blowing up a million different ways. I'm sure Felipe's is blowing up a million different ways. That's because David Tepper did David Tepper things. Oh, let's not get started but on that. There, there's we a can long, talk for a, a lot about for that. a lot. Of, I was about to say, but this portal thing's like – AAU baseball. It's like, oh, I don't like this this uh, team, this coach. Let me go play for the other team that practices on Tuesday nights instead of the <laughs> team that practices on Wednesday nights. I saw a tweet that said we're basically in the uh, Jeremy Pruitt McDonald's bag era, except nobody's carrying it in a McDonald's bag anymore. Like people are just handing money out in the open. It's open carry. It's insanity. And speaking of insanity, a couple of things to plug at the start of the show. We'll get into the discussion. All right. So, obviously, Team Boneyard doing amazing things for the ECU NIL Collective. They are the official collective of ECU football. Definitely, if you have not donated to their cause, do that, as that will basically supply the funds for the transfer portal, the entire team, et cetera. All right. So, this morning 
on hoistacolors.net, our website. We we've kind of been doing this for a while. Some some members of the site want to try and uh, you know fund a few different players specifically and give them incentive, obviously, to stay on the team. You know, I, I, I started a fund for a couple of seniors. You can go check it out, Hoist Colors, on our message board. I think we raised, you know, maybe a couple hundred dollars. In a few hours, we've raised $3,800. Joe, you can verify that. Yep. And that's without even the Hoist the Colors money, which we'll put our own money into that as well. We're going to, you know, obviously do some NIL stuff with a couple of players to get some content on the site, maybe mm-hmm. this show. So, Pirate Nation stepping up in multiple ways, whether it be through Team Boneyard, through this initiative for a few specific players. So you can give to that if you go to hoistthecolors.net. It's at the top of our message board. You can send the Venmo link uh, there. We've had about 40 people already donate. The other thing to share, today is our last day for the 75% off deal on Hoist the Colors, which is just insane that Joe and Philip still have not signed up for... <laughs> For VIP membership, I'll break some news. I will sign up today. Are you gonna? I, I will actually sign you up. You will today. sign up. I will sign up because this is too good of a deal to pass up, people. This is VIP information. This is recruiting. This is transfer portal news. This is head coaching or uh, offensive coordinator candidates had been head coaching in the past. This is the one stop shop for everything you need ECU athletics wise in the news. The man sitting directly next to me is the man who knows all. And the man who speculates and gets us the information we need. He pushes, he fights, he claws. He is Steven Igo. He is Hoist of Colors. Well, I appreciate that, Joe. King and of ad reads. As soon as you uh as soon as you sign up, you can definitely verify all that information. <laughs> but hey, at least immediately on the message board. <laughs> but hey, appreciate that again. Seventy five percent off for uh annual subscription. We do have some breaking news that is now. Breaking news. Official. Yep. Mason Garcia has officially entered the transfer portal. I guess he will enter the transfer portal is the official term because we gotta we gotta clarify this. It doesn't open December fourth. December fourth for undergrads. December third, when midnight hits and it rolls to December fourth, everybody's allowed to enter the transfer portal. Your name cannot physically be entered unless you are a graduate student currently to the transfer portal. You can intend, you can declare that you're going to. You cannot enter the transfer portal unless you are a graduate student or have a waiver from your head coach given the NCAA rules. So Mason Garcia will enter the portal. He says on social media, thank you, East Carolina University, for everything. I will forever be grateful for this opportunity and to be a part of something so special. Thank you to my teammates. You all are forever family to me. The relationships that have been built will last for life. Thank you, Coach Houston, Coach K, Coach Big John, Coach Farmer. For shaping me into the person I am today, I appreciate each and every one on the staff that has impacted and helped me through my time here. With that being said, which of course always has to be said in these announcements, uh, with that being said, I will be entering my name into the transfer portal with two years of eligibility, trusting what God has planned. So Mason Garcia into the transfer portal. Your thoughts, Joe? Uh, Tis the season to see. Please respect my decision or thank you. Insert fan base here. I think it's one of those things. I think it's an unfortunate circumstance how it played out. Obviously, he was the highest-rated prospect to ever come into ECU, and there's a lot of pressure to that. I mean, you're basically crowned as the next guy as soon as you get on campus. You're clamoring for what turned out to be a five-year starter who holds multiple school records to be benched for you as a true freshman, and you get the chance to kind of show who you are against Navy in a 2020 setting, and then people are kind of clamoring and asking for you to take over, and Unfortunately for him, I mean, he's put in a bad set of circumstances. You lose four keys with huge production numbers. 
the offensive coordinator clearly and, and everything else just didn't kind of mesh this season and you've run into so many different instances and it's just difficult to kind of get into a rhythm. And then you've had Flynn who played extremely well considering the circumstances down the stretch to come in and that kind of two role and be the, the true guy that you go to in those situations. I think it was just a bad set of circumstances for Mason. He's a great guy, one of the most positive people you ever meet. I've never seen him have like a bad day where he's bringing other people down. He's always upbeat and he's one of the hardest workers I know. And I think we all expected this, yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately. And I think it's the best thing for Mason and probably for ECU. And this, you know, we talk about what the bad thing is about the transfer portal. To me, these this, are the cases. This, yeah. yeah, this can be a good thing because Mason, A, you got to give him credit for staying around as long as he did. Yeah. ECU gave him a shot. You could argue, did they put him in the best position to succeed? All that sort of stuff. We can get into that. We could do a whole show on that. But it didn't work out. If you're Mike Houston, you can't bet your future on trying the same plan you tried this year again. Yeah. If you're Mason, you probably want a fresh start. And and we mm-hmm. talked about it a little bit before the show. Hey, if he wants to switch positions, he could do that. That's, that's its own thing. But yeah. I think he wants to play quarterback. I think so, too. I'll give you a name that people will remember here in the hearts of many in Pirate Nation. Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew was one of those guys. He didn't necessarily have the same lofty expectations, but went to another school, flourished kind of developed a little bit more as a player than what we had anticipated. I mean, there's so many different stories of people who leave. Jalen Hurts, who was a career guy at Alabama and then goes to Oklahoma and kind of solidifies himself as a true quarterback as opposed to what people thought was just a college guy. And, and those things He's matter. doing pretty good these days. Yeah, some some would say he's okay. He has one loss this season. Let's go, Zach Wilson. Uh, but those, those are the things, and those are the things that people kind of forget to look at is these are still kids. These are still people who are trying to – extend the time they're playing the game they love, extend their time, which is an actual finite clock, to when you are out of eligibility. And that's what Mason has to do is try and extend that and find his best spot. And it'll be interesting to see where he lands. I think he probably has to go down a level. Or lateral. Yeah, lateral at best and get a shot. And he's got to go prove himself. You know, the tape honestly isn't very good, but there's some flash plays for sure where you can see the ability. Yeah. And uh, I think he'll be able to put that together with practice and and do some some you know some special things at his next stop. So we'll definitely be pulling for him because, like you said, it'd be one thing if he carried himself the wrong way, but he never did. He never complained, uh, you know, behind the scenes or in in, in front of us. Uh, he always seemed to be a hard worker, good teammate. You were a teammate of him, so you can speak to that. But it just seemed like he's a good kid, much like Alex, like. The quarterback situation didn't work out this year, which is unfortunate, but I think both those guys are stand-up human beings. Yeah, I mean, especially given the circumstances and how they've handled themselves, and we we talked to both of them in the media at least once or twice, and no one had anything bad to say about the other, and that's that's what people kind of lose sight of also is when you're in a position room, the locker room like that, you don't blame anybody else. Like, the coaches have to make the difficult decision to decide if you're going to be the guy or not. But I was never upset with the guys who were playing in front of me or who I thought I should have played over. And, and there were very few in the tight end room considering Ryan Jones, Shane Calhoun, Zach Bird, Aaron Jarman, and, and D'Angelo McKinney towards the end of it when he was just a big physical guy who could kind of play a little more in the run space. You, you don't fault those guys. Those are the guys who you're going to battle with, you're going to practice with, you're lifting with, you're eating with. So you, you want the best for your friends in that case and oftentimes your brothers. Randy Hobbs on Facebook says, Garcia will probably end up playing up to his potential behind a good O-line. He is a class act. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts. So. Yeah, different system, simplifying it, somebody mm-hmm. unlocking just a, 
a little bit more of get his less, confidence back yeah, too. less less reading more just one two three pre-snap stuff indicators i mean there's there's definitely things to look at his development and i think just there were so many moving parts that kind of caused him to not pan out all right we will uh we'll have more on any other portal entries again I, just from talking with sources things can always change I, you know, there's this narrative out there there's going to be this mass exodus of key players. I don't necessarily expect that. There may be a mass exodus of backup players or guys like Garcia who are looking for a new home, especially offensively, given the changes there, Joe. But yeah. talking to people, I feel like the defense right now is, is pretty rock solid as far as staying. I mean, you've had some concern over the corners given their ability. But like the defensive line is such a click. I feel <laughs> like like they're the, all going to come back. Or you might boys. You might see like – you know, one or two guys that want to play more. We saw some backup specialists yeah. enter the portal that want another opportunity. You know, if that stays the same over the course of this, the majority of the offseason, I think you feel pretty good about where your roster is, and then you got to obviously add in key spots. Right. How do you feel about just, you know, that, that group kind of sticking together right now? Uh, that's a group. So when that class came in in 2020, they were already – extremely close mm -hmm. to call themselves the mud boys they still refer to themselves as that because that's kind of what the trenches is it's the nitty-gritty the dirty kind of hard-nosed football and they pride themselves on that and I, I think if i remember correctly four of the five of them live together so they're roommates like they're extremely close i mean they're they're brothers to the end and i think that's what's made them so special is their ability to kind of have each other's backs on and off the field and, and lampley moving to dn was very good because now you've gotten so much more rotation you can get and cj mims was a great depth piece and Shuford's size you can't teach size i've said it for a very long time but what makes them so special is that morris and deontay or morris and mckiver or mckiver and surad all of them can kind of play off each other and they can play either position and that's what's made them so valuable because when you don't have to worry about that front four and you can bring pressures off the edge because you know your gap sound, you can create havoc and that's what they did this year. All right, we got a lot to talk about, including the John Gilbert press conference. Let's go ahead and get our first break in and so we can kind of reset a bit with the, the Garcia news, but also just kind of separate that from the john gilbert situation we'll talk about that kind of his comments earlier this morning about the state of pirate football of the future i asked him what are his expectations going forward for the football program we'll talk about his response and more on that plus more news as we get it over the next hour this is hoist the colors on a tuesday we're live with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the Johnny Roger! Now, back to Hoist the Colors. Welcome back in to Hoist the Colors. It is a multitasking Tuesday. I'm trying to write. <laughs> it always is the season. This, this is the season. This is the, tis tis the, the season, season to hit the transfer. Gosh, this is chaos. And I told myself <laughs> I should go ahead and write this article because it was going to happen. And, of course, I got sidetracked. So, I'll do it during the breaks. But as we talked about Mason Garcia into the portal, we still don't have an official uh, decision from Alex Flynn on his future. But look, I mean, we talked about it. There was probably going to be a quarterback reset. Yeah. And this is the start of it. So I don't think anybody's shocked. No, the, the thing that is going to be the thing to watch is does Raheem Jeter stick around? That's an interesting point. New coordinator. You have no idea who the quarterback coach is going to be. You don't know the system. Does he stick it out through the spring? Does he hit? I wonder how that exit meeting plays out. And I'm sure that Houston is talking to him, trying to retain him in some way because he's got so much potential. But you have to start to wonder if that's even the thing, too, because if you bring in another transfer quarterback now, a 
a, a grad transfer, one of those guys who's done it at a smaller level who wants to move up, does Raheem Jeter stick around? Lots to think about. You also got Cole Hodge coming in, freshman, uh, scholarship quarterback uh, who will be in and will uh, you know compete as well. That's the plan. He's planning to sign in December, so we'll see if he signs. And then I would think you're going to bring in probably two quarterbacks at minimum, either via the portal or Juco ranks. All right, so we will talk about uh, that. We get a uh, line shift off camera. Nice job by Joe. Multitasking Tuesday. It is truly a multitasking day. It's amazing. All right, so <laughs> John Gilbert had a press conference and about 30 minutes. Yeah, about 30. Uh, Philip, you can weigh in on this too. You were there and uh, kind of talked about everything. Started with the positives, volleyball. By the yeah. way, shout out volleyball. They are hosting the NIVC, I believe is the official. I, I wanted to ask him like how, how the process works. How do they decide who's hosting? Is it a seating thing? I, I had so many questions, but there were so many I know. more. Pressing matters. Yeah, bigger matters, I guess, to handle. Not No disrespect. No disrespect to volleyball, best start in school history. I mean, first time playing, first post-season. time playing in the postseason, tremendous ever. accomplishment. Built an incredible program. You've got people coming back now for fifth years who have built this up. So hats off to them. But didn't get a chance to ask him enough questions about volleyball. I was gonna say, if you talk to Chip Welch, I'm sure he will have the answer. He will have, Chip will have everything. I say Chip knows <laughs> when it, when I have a question, I, I text Chip. Just yeah. Shout out to Chip. Followed me back on Twitter. Appreciate it, and to Malcolm Gray. Finally got the follow back after playing, of course. I from my so my source who is Adler Augustine, the volleyball head coach. We talked to him last night on the ninety four three the game, uh, you know, coaches show uh, brought to you by the ECU Sports Network. He said a lot of the hosting depends on what basketball teams are playing because mm. you can't you know, you have to play the days consecutively. Yeah, that makes sense. And so he said ECU can't host the next round if they're fortunate to win because of basketball. You know, they already have the gym booked. So a lot of it depends on when the gym is open. Clearly ECU plays UNCW Thursday. They're playing Friday, Saturday, so they were able to drop that game in this weekend. That you have to pay to host a little bit as well. Uh so that has something to do with it too. Look at that. There Here's you go. There's your info info <laughs> straight from uh Adler Augustine, he knows more than I do about volleyball. And reported from Hoist of Colors. There you go. Hoist of Colors, 75% off until midnight. Hoistacolors.net. Okay, uh, John Gilbert, though, he talked about more than volleyball, and he talked about more than Gary Higgins' soccer program. He touched a lot on football. Mm-hmm. And several things that he talked about. We'll start we'll – we'll go around the room. Any big takeaways? We'll start with Joe. Did you have any big takeaways from the press conference? No, the big takeaway and – much to the surprise of no one, Mike Houston's here to stay. That was exactly what we were anticipating. Uh, some people were a little concerned outside of our sphere that a 10 a.m. press conference the day after the season is a little kind of scary considering the timing and letting go of the offense coordinator. Mike Houston is here to stay. He believes in Coach Houston. He believes in what he can do. He believes in everything he's built. He mentioned the culture a lot, which I think shows a lot to what he thinks ECU is. He mentioned the culture of the guys and no behavior problems off the field was another thing that stuck out. He talked about the character of the people who are still in the program and all these different things that kind of have helped Mike Houston shape ECU into what it is and obviously set expectations and he talked about wanting to get back to bowl games and all those different things that kind of play in hand with those. But what stood out to me was he talked so eloquently about what the team means off the field, the locker room, making sure you maintain the culture, how with this free agency now that college football has become in this season – 
how do you maintain your culture? How do you keep those guys who are positive influences, who are the good people in the community and the community work they've done? And I think that was a really big takeaway for me. Philip, what did you think? Yeah, I um, I ditto to what Joe said, as well as um, one of the things that I took away is John Gilbert in this athletic department is very aware of the shift right now in collegiate athletics to the importance of NIL. I even kind of asked him about, you know, things such as the Pirate Club, the indoor practice facility, and I asked him, you know, where do the donors need to balance their money? And I didn't get a straight percentage answer, which, of course, you know, kind of like coach talk, AD's got to have AD talk. Right. Can't come out and just and stay it straight up. But he definitely honed in with the question I asked as well as a lot of the questions. I know, Joe, you asked some NIL question. I think I go you did as well as some of the other media members that, you know, they really understand the importance of this and understand first and one of the – parts that he kept saying was in order to be successful you have to have the best players he didn't say anything about having the prettiest facilities the nicest stadium the coolest locker room with playstations in every locker or you know any of that but you got to have the best players and how you get the best players is you give everyone a ford pickup truck like utah i guess even though they didn't make the pac-12 championship game but you know that was the that was kind of what i took away from it. semester renewal by the way on the lease of the pickup truck there is rules to that none for the uh, walk-ons Hey, but I'll get off my soapbox. There you go. Are the walk-ons allowed to enter the portal at any point? Because it feels like the walk-ons, not um, just completely shift subjects, but it feels like the walk-ons are entering the portal now. There's less, there's less, not blowback, but there's less to handle gotcha. because you're not on scholarship, scholarship. So there's no promissories. There's no, like the specialists, unless they have immediate eligibility, are doing the same thing, intending to enter the portal. Right. But the, the people who are graduating like in December who are considered to be immediate eligibility. All right, so my biggest takeaway, that was a random question, but it just popped in my head. Um, my biggest takeaway was, and shout out to the Hoisted Colors member who told me to ask this. I thought it was a good question. You know, what is, given the landscape of college football, which he talked about changing, you know, it's so year to year right now. He said that it's very difficult to sustain, to sustain success. There was a lot of talk about how to do that. I asked, say, what are the administration's expectations, minimum expectations going forward for football? And he said he expects to be in a bowl game every year and to compete for conference championships given where, essentially given where the budget is compared to other teams in the league. He expects ECU to be in the upper third, and contend for a conference championship. So I took that as, all right, this is a hopeful blip season for Mike Houston, but if you don't go to a bowl game next year, at that point, you know, you really have the discussion of where are we at as where are we at as a program is kind of yeah. what I took away. So I don't know. I mean, did y'all get the same read there just in terms of he's you know, Coach Houston obviously is gonna get time to fix it. And as you mentioned, mm -hmm. there's some good things happening despite the two and ten record. I think if it, if it was absolute chaos and a mess behind the scenes, you don't survive a 2-10 season in year five. But with Coach Houston coming off back-to-back -back bowl games, yeah. having already dug ECU out of a hole before, you at least know he can do it. Yeah, you've lost – we've covered this, I don't know how many countless times. You've lost five key members of production offensively that for a very – long time as far as the season stretches when you turned it around. War the go-to guys. You had to replace your 1,000-yard receiver in C.J. Johnson. You had to replace your second 1,000-yard receiver in Isaiah Winstead. Uh, that guy Keaton Mitchell, 
He, he's pretty good. He's you might decent. have saw him on Sunday night. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. So he left also. And then Holton Aylers, who is your leading yards in school history. Those are all factors. And yes, it's very difficult to sit back and look at a 2-10 and 10 record and not want to kind of be at the gate with pitchforks and torches. But the defense keeps you in games. And because the defense is what Mike Houston's strong suit was, that's what I think people are kind of clinging to. That, that's what he built. He built the tough defense. It was so, it was always a worry when Coach Trot was first hired and when we were in those couple seasons and we were in the SMU dog fights. Could you sustain the defense you wanted to sustain? Could you keep teams in a close enough spot where you don't have to win games 48-45? And they showed it this year. The offense just has to play catch-up now in the offseason. And if you retain Blake Harrell, that's a huge start to that. But I think that's why there's a little more leniency because Houston's pride and joy is defense. So and, go, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, just going back to your original question, I think it, that definitely was kind of the message that he expects a bowl game right away. And part of the reason I think he does – expect that is the NIL because he went on and continued to talk about how when we travel to road games, the attendance is very lackluster in this conference. At the end of the day, we are never going to be Ohio State. We are never going to be Alabama, but we need to be the best of the 12 in this conference, and there is no reason when you look at the attendance numbers why this team should not be contending for a conference title every year, especially in the NIL era. I'm not dogging on Coach Houston for this year. It was total unforeseen circumstance. It was was very weird you know i've made the point many times there's a lot of kids we recruited during covid that did not pan out that's hurt a lot but hey we're here now nil's here to stay unfortunately um you know, no disrespect to the athletes but the way it's being carried out is, is crap and we all know that but this is the world we live in and uh just look at our attendance numbers compared to heck Tulane, who's gonna possibly go to a new year six game so again with 4800 kids in the stands it's crazy because, I mean, the, you know, the biggest difference is for ECU, you've got so many people that love the program, mm-hmm. but do you have the as many big donor people? No, because Tulane's got like three people that they can just call on and give millions of dollars, yeah, whereas ECU, it's a it private takes, school without, yeah. doesn't have to worry about state funding. I mean, tuition is $70,000 a year for Tulane. What's another 150 to throw to your Boneyard Collective in their case? So ECU, it takes everybody. Yeah, so I ECU, mean, it takes Village. It really does. And so that's why, you know, despite – and another question I had was, how do you get the season ticket holder who is ticked off at the 2-10 and 10 season and just spent a bunch of money on supporting your program, traveling, how do you get that person back for next year? Because that's a very real conversation. You're going to have people that are very much on the fence. How do you get them back? John Gilbert basically said, it takes everybody. He's yeah. like, when we were struggling, it took everybody – Across the board, he said he tries to be as visible as possible out talking to those people. Uh, he clearly has reiterated his belief in Coach Houston for a variety of reasons. And so, you know, you look at next year's schedule, not to get into a whole different discussion, you do open with Norfolk State, and then you open with Old Dominion and App State at home. like And then at Liberty. At Liberty. So, I mean, it's a challenging schedule for sure. Liberty's undefeated. We know App has handed it to ECU twice in a row. You do get them at home this time. But you should start 1-0. ECU has beaten Old Dominion the last three times, dating back yeah. to 2018 under Mo. Yeah. And so the schedule is there mm-hmm. to build some early momentum. You could legitimately have 3-1 and one before you go into conference. Play. So in, in the conference, even this year, like ECU is not a good football team, and they almost beat Tulane. We're in position to beat SMU at one point in the fourth quarter. You're a touchdown away from Rice. Touchdown away from Rice. Touchdown away from Charlotte. 
touchdown away from Charlotte. You hung with UTSA for three quarters. Yeah. So, you know, you're not that far away. You haven't I know played people Memphis. don't want to hear that. You haven't played North Texas. I mean, there's there's still other schools out there who are in the same position. So Memphis had a great year, but North Texas was not the North Texas of the past. Right. So there, there's a legitimate path to do what you need to do in the offseason and get to where you want to go. And if you do what you need to do in the offseason, you get a quarterback. We'll see how the OC hire goes. We'll talk about that on the other side. But if you build that early momentum, I think that's the biggest way. Even if those people don't buy season tickets, Joe, if you start 3-1 and one yeah. or better, mm-hmm. I think those people are back on board at that point. And you know they might still be in wait-and-see mode, right? but they're at least coming back to when you play you know, I don't know, UAB on October 14th, I, Trent Dilfer, yeah. how'd I forget? When Trent Dilfer runs the town or comes into town and talks about how you can't lose games in the NFL and still win, uh, one of the all-time best quotes. Uh, by the way, speaking of NFL, before we take a break, Bobby Harward, who will join us tomorrow, he wants to get Philip Philip fired up. He says, <laughs> oh, no. uh, I goes boy Ben Albright, who I can't stand, by the way. I think half his reporting is all over the place. But he... Just- he says that David Tepper is involved down the play claw and handed the offensive coordinator a piece of paper with a play he saw Cleveland run and wants them to run out on Sunday. Have you seen that, Philip? And if so, what are your reactions? To I have that? not seen that. I I, <laughs> I really hope that's not true. I would be Hands honest. own owners are the worst. I don't you doubt are there that for to, a second. Yeah, it does. I just I don't doubt it. But you are there to front a bill. I'm not going to go get all ticked off right now. I will save my rant for when Bobby's on tomorrow. But the, what I will say is when owners are hands-on, they fire a coach after he's won back-to-back Super Bowls at Jerry Jones for firing Jimmy Johnson. And we've seen the lack of success the Cowboys have had since then. Yes, they won the Super Bowl in 95 under uh, Barry Switzer. Barely. But, you know, yeah. And when you look at just – I mean, there's no reason that team with Romo shouldn't have won a Super Bowl, but the reason they didn't is because you had a yes-man there in Jason Garrett instead of retaining Bill Parcells, who had done a good job with Quincy Carter and Drew Bledsoe. If he would have had his shot with Romo, I think the Cowboys at least play in a Super Bowl in what was a non-consistent NFC throughout the mid-2000s into the late 2000s. But, hey, you know, that's what uh, hands-on owners get you is lack of success, and that is why the Panthers will not be successful. But I can save my actual rant for tomorrow. That was just facts. Des caught it, so the Cowboys. Okay, would have gone now let's in not get stupid here. Read the old rule book. Look at the play. Absolutely kicked. No, the Seahawks who had to come back from twenty-one and get an onside kick off a helmet to throw a forty-two-yard post ball to Doug Baldwin from the slot. The Cowboys kicked the crap out of that team. Yeah, and then they Dave go on to the Super Bowl. It. They do what they have to do. But that Tony Romo team with the Cowboys, I agree. The problem with that is you're looking at the Jerry Jones aspect. The other side of it is the 49ers before they hired Lynch, they were hands-on as well, and then they stepped back. So now they're the showing that if Tepper does it right and hires the right people, then he can step back. So he's in the mindset of, if I get the right guy, then I can step back, but I don't have the right guy yet. See, but here's the problem. What if he's got the mindset that Jerry has where I fire anybody who's not a yes-man? That's fair. So that's going to keep getting the the number one overall pick and handing it to the Bears. Yeah. So, And by the way, I had a friend who went on to play college football. So this guy was no idiot, and he got there based off his IQ. He was decently athletic. He played at Charlotte. That screenshotted Dang. the that screenshotted the rule from the rule book <laughs> as to why Des did not catch it. And he said, "Cowboys." He's a Browns fan, so he was he's long suffering. Said, "Cowboys fans, the refs didn't hose you. The rule book did. So no, Des didn't catch it." Shut okay. Up, Ground can't cause fumble, but we'll move on. Isaiah Brown Murray caught it. Yes. Now, okay, that definitely happened. <laughs> 
That was called a catch on the field. That was IBM Tulsa. caught it, and if he didn't catch it, there wasn't enough to overrule. There it. definitely wasn't enough evidence to overturn. And I, I want to know how many coaches do I have to see that fist bump a referee when he's what Carolina's is going on the field? With that, by the way, because I I played for four years here, I saw it five times. So you're saying the con- the American it's, Athletic it is Conference frequent. is and against then I get an apology email from the American the next day. It's like you know what, guys, we got that one wrong. We're handling it internally. I'm still waiting. Has have you ever seen Coach Houston fist bump a ref? Heck no. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe the ear over, and then he's like grabbing the guy by the back to hear him because it's so loud and dowdy. I've never yeah. seen him once go up and shake his hand or give him a little bump. Like what is that? Yeah, I, I don't in the middle know. of a game, right? In the after middle of a game, a after overturning it, which literally would have changed possession and possibly the actual ending of the game. But no, you know what? As someone who's officiated, and when you start out officiating, they put you a lot on the wings at head linesman and line judge. I think the only time I've ever like shaken a coach's hand after the game is like one of those where like that team, the, the sideline I'm on, the team is clearly worse than the other team. They get blown out, and then the coach just walks over after. Yeah, it's like, hey respect. man, thanks Thank for, you for you calling. Know, it a good game. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. But they don't do that ever if they win because they don't want it to look like right. something bad. But when the team like you know if North Pitts play in Havelock. You know, the North Pitt coach might, oh, North Pitt's actually been decent last year. From five years ago, if North Pitt was playing Havelock, the North Pitt coach might walk up and be like, hey, man, good job. Hope you have a good weekend, kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, it should not be happening in a tight game like that. And the other thing is, I know I'm going off on rants now, but I don't even care. Um, They, when the NCAA breaks, when the football teams break off from the NCAA, they do need to get their own officials committee that actually holds these officials accountable. Same thing with the NFL. I'm probably about to get brought. I go started on this Broncos game the other day. The dumb calls that happened in that game, and these officials do not get held accountable. I mean, they're now full-time employees. You have one job to get these calls right, and they like they never face suspension. They never have to answer for them to the media. Like it, oh, I hate it. I mean, it's, it's so bad. If, we've had NFL, this conversation off air. We yeah. hate like a group of referees. Yeah, well, like the NFL crap. I've noticed especially they they don't care. Because we, the consumers, watch, and they make money regardless of who wins the game. They don't care about the teams. They don't care about the players. They don't care about the fans. They care about the almighty dollar. And as long as the games get played, they couldn't care less whether the refs get it right. They're like, oh, we're sorry. They are not sorry. They just have to say that crap. It's the biggest load of bull ever. Sorry, I'm totally wasting Are you sure. talking just, about refs? Yes, yeah. we are. I'm trying to yeah. track which offensive linemen are coming back and which aren't. Yeah. I uh, goes over here rolling his oh, eyes like, see. my name's on the show and Philip's taking over. I'm sorry. Parker uh, Moore and Hanson Ergo have suggested on Instagram they are coming back for one last ride. Probably the last I have insight-wise, yeah. Uh, Sacra, I guess, would come back. Yeah, I don't, Sacra, I, don't, yeah. I don't see any reason Sacra would leave. Uh, I guess Dustin Hall's got a decision to make, too. Does think, he still have a year? He's still got a year left. Would, yeah. he, be, would he get the whole Cam Hayes treatment, though, if he transferred? So he's Ooh. a grad transfer. No, he's eligible immediately. So okay. Yeah, he should be good. Now we did ask John Gilbert about Cam Hayes real quickly here. He did say they're going to continue to fight for him or something like that. Nothing crazy was said, but he basically said that process will continue. The whole thing's a joke. My opinion on the NCAA is well documented. NCAA and American Athletic Conference officials are in the same space in my head, and it's not a good space. So I'm going to end it there before we we get taken off the air all right let's get a break in we'll come back we'll talk about the oc search latest info there interviews this week we'll touch on that and more this is hoist the colors climb aboard as we set sail and hoist the colors back to the show with steven i go on 94.3 the game 
Welcome in, Hoist the Colors. It is a multitask Tuesday. <laughs> trying to follow the news, trying to write a story about Mason Garcia entering the portal. It's we multitask talked about it. season. So it is multitask season. That's why if you see me on my phone, I'm not being disrespectful. Disrespectful. We've all got a job to do, I go. If you're watching the stream, we've got te- we've got multiple jobs to do. We've got a lot of the jobs. The problem with media, not to go off on another tangent, <laughs> Philip, I don't want to get you going again. I'll get going this time. It's your is, show. Look, man, I love what I do. We all love what we do. Yeah. But we got to talk about it. We got to tweet about it. We got to put it on Facebook. We gotta I got to ask on about it. We got to ask about it. We got to write about it. I got to get told I can't ask that question, but everybody wants the answer to. That also happens. We got to do YouTube. We got to do everything because people digest news differently. And so we have to do every single medium. There's a lot that goes on. And do you know where they can find the majority of that? Hoist the Colors. Hoistthecolors.net. The last day. What's the special? 75% off a VIP subscription. <laughs> there you go. Last day. This man has never subscribed, but he's... Uh, I, tell, I tell him all the time he's got a free subscription. Philip, I just too. haven't hit the email. They don't I'm even doing care. It today. They don't even want it, guys. Good people of Greenville and the surrounding area. I am going to sign up today. You should, too. We've had 110 people sign up since starting the sale on last Wednesday. Yeah. Right before. I think that's correct. Yeah. And so, yeah, why wouldn't you join? Why wouldn't you? I mean, you should. I don't know. <laughs> All right. OC Search is happening. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, by the way. If you got a question, drop it there. OC Search is happening. And Mike Houston, we talked to him last night on the coaches show. Uh, first, quick update on the process. Don't have any names I can share at this time. You know, you hear some speculation. One thing I know about Coach Houston, he is going to play this as close to the vest as possible. He's They're- as buttoned up as possible with <laughs> Listen, this search man, right now. I know I know Coach Houston well. I tried like crazy to get something out of him last night. I couldn't get I, anything. I was telling Philip, I, I bet like this isn't even happening on campus. Like he's probably in like a hotel ballroom somewhere, like vetting candidates because he doesn't want people to see because he's trying to make sure he does this the correct way and does his due diligence in all facets. And I can't imagine it leaking. That's the thing is he is – look, people can dislike Coach Houston for the record this year. I get it. But when it comes to this sort of stuff, though, he does – you know, it is a true profession. Yeah. And he treats it like a true professional. Like, there are some coaches out there that will leak every OC candidate that is mentioned, that is talked on the <laughs> Immediately. phone. I mean, it, it happens like crazy. Uh, Coach Houston tries to keep it – because you got guys who are employed at other – institutions yeah many you don't times. want to jeopardize them and do it the wrong way and that looks bad on you and so the information might get out there if i get it it'll come from agents or other coaches in the industry that's how it usually happens and, and it'll go on hoistacolors.net it will go on hoistacolors.net 75 percent off <laughs> uh, i did drop a name last night that i heard is involved uh, so check that out but the process my understanding is there will be multiple candidates mm-hmm. on campus this week doing in-depth interviews. Coach Houston talked about this last night on the show. He wants to move quick, but he doesn't want to move too quick because this is the most important hire of his coaching career. Yeah. I, I think that's... Hands down. Hands down. The I mean, his future's on the line. If he hits big... He, this it, is the stepping stone, yeah. Yeah, it'd be a huge... It. You've got a path to ascend or you got a path to go the other way. So, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. This is a massive hire. So, you got to be quick because the portal, we talked about that. 
we're seeing guys already declare. I think that was going to happen either way. But how do you balance, Joe, if you're Coach Houston, trying to sit down with these guys, figure out exactly what they run, what they do, how they fit your culture in a short amount of time? First off, you got to know how they tick. So you got to know exactly what they value, those things. Like, do they want to take the aggressive shot? Do they like to play conservative? If you have the ball with two minutes left, they have three timeouts on the other side, what's your what's your call sheet? How do you burn this time? How do you get yourself to the end so that you can win? If you're in this situation, you're down seven, uh, minute 45 left, what's, what's your call sheet here? What do you go to in this situation? If you're at the second quarter, but you've got – uh, 34 seconds left on the 30. Do you go for the shot in the end zone? Do you take it? Do you go to the sideline? Do you take the field goal? You got to know what they value. You need to know how they tick, and he'll do a fantastic job of doing that. Don't worry. He finds out. But people also will be the first to clamor and be like, well, he hasn't done it before at this level. Can he do it there? Most coaches in the business, and it's very rare that you get the guy who's got that kind of time and tenure at this lower level are the up-and-comers. You're, you're taking a shot on the new guy. You're taking a shot on the guy who's the young offensive mind in college football. You're not going to get the Jeff Lebbies of the world who have proven time and time they can do it again and they want to go down or go somewhere else. Or you're getting the guy who's trying to bounce back. So you're either getting the guy who's the up-and-comer, who's the new guy, who you believe is the future, or you're getting the guy who has proven time and time again but just had a bad showing. I think that's the main pull of Candace because the real, the real proven guy – they're getting a shot at they a, go up. a school mm-hmm. with a, a massive amount of money. It's, yeah. you know, there's always a pecking order. That's just the reality. So I asked Coach Houston on last night's coaching show, and I'll read the quote here uh, in a second. I asked him, what are you looking for in an OC? Is it scheme? Is it mentality? Is it both? He said both. This was his answer. It's going to be a very aggressive variation of what we were last year, I'd say, and I think he's referencing 2022, Yeah, not 23. No. Uh, very aggressive. We're going to look very different than we have the last couple of years. I've been very deliberate in the candidates we've looked at in the things we're going to be different at. I don't want to get into too much of that because there are some differences based on the ones we're talking with. I really want to sit down. It's big. I want to sit down and find someone find someone who fits us personality-wise. And when I say us, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about East Carolina, mm-hmm. our players, our staff, our fan base. So... What do you make of that when you hear hear all that, that quote right there? <laughs> to the people who think you're getting a guy who believes in the finesse and the outside throws and you don't have a, a big physical run, throw that out the window. That's what that means. Mike Houston wants somebody who knows how to run between the tackles, how to do that, and how to be aggressive in that mindset. But he's looking for somebody who takes a lot more shots. And Kirkpatrick did it a little bit in 22, he, a little less in 21, but 22 with Latrell Scott as passing game coordinator, you felt the difference in the offense and the deep shots and the double moves and those things when you had Winstead on the outside. I think it's going to be one of those types of hires. You're going to want somebody who takes that deep shot, who can go with the play-action pass. I don't, I don't want to speculate by any means and say I, I know what he's thinking. From what I'm hearing, it sounds less like an air raid kind of look. He wants a little more run game. He wants something that sets up off of it. He still wants to maintain his identity, and his identity is stop the run and run the ball. And I think that's what he's going to try and keep doing, and with the hire, he'll probably kind of confirm that to us all. When he says very aggressive and we're going to look very different, is that just a more, I don't know, can you be a more attacking style with what you got? I mean, to me— It's less setup. Yeah, you know— I don't know. I guess we're, we could overanalyze this thing to a degree, but oh, also, always. 
<laughs> it's just one of those things where we got to see who the hire is, but it's clear that he wants at least somewhat of a, a little bit of an identity or philosophy change. Yeah, you, you want somebody who knows what they're about. You don't want somebody who's going to try and find their footing. In he the did first mention multiple games. times identity. Yeah. Like he needs somebody with a clear identity. I need the guy to come in December 4th. He's telling the recruits, this is what we do. And then when the pads go on in spring ball, this is what we're going to do. This is our identity. You're running the ball. We're running it hard. We're running it down hill we're not running to the outside we're not trying to get on the outside shoulder pad we're running through people that kind of thing is a mentality we're going to take shots we're going to be sitting at second and fourth we're going to go for the deep ball because we know we can get four yards on third down that's an identity we're going to pass first we want to get them behind so that they spread out and we can run the ball on third and second down that's another identity you have to find yours when Blake Harrell came in, he talked about aggression, attacking. Mm -hmm. He had a clear identity. I think we'll see something like that on offense. All right, let's get our final break in. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. Hoist the colors on a Tuesday. The Pirates play here. Arr! This is Hoist the Colors Radio with Stephen Igo. Yes, that was so good. 194.3, the game. Welcome back in. Hoist the colors. A couple minutes left. A few things before we get out of here. 75% off, expires tonight, hoistthecolors.net, VIP for the next year. 75% off. I don't know what crazy people are going to offer 75% off, but we are. You. 24-7 Sports made us do it, so take advantage before it's too late. Also, we're running an NIL initiative to support a couple of ECU football seniors. We've already had close to $4,000 pledged as of today. We started this morning, which is crazy. In a few hours, we have gotten that done thanks to you guys. So support that, hoistacolors.net at the top of the message board. Mason Garcia has entered the portal. If you're just joining us, the redshirt sophomore quarterback, two years of eligibility remaining, he will be moving on. And we discussed that. Pirate 2031 says if Flynn goes to medical school, we only have one quarterback on scholarship. Flynn going to medical school. Let's hope portal is going to save us. What an insane sentence that that has to be. Yeah. If, if our if he quarterback goes to medical goes school. school it's wild, wild times we live in. And somebody said too, Joe, that ECU needs to pre prepare to run the triple option based on the quarterbacks leaving. No, we all ex we all expected this. Uh, Kevin Bridger says, real quick, I go caught the tail end of the show. How can I rewatch the entire show, Kevin? Great question, Kevin. You're on YouTube. Once this show goes final, at and one the final commercial break is uh, is passed, it'll be archived on YouTube. It'll be archived on Facebook. It'll be archived on podcast, Apple, and uh, Spotify. Spotify. And so anywhere you, else you get your podcast from. So you can, you can And the IBX Media app. And the IBX Media app. Exactly. That is correct. IBX Media app. Download it and you can listen to that. Patrick mm -hmm. Johnson, so Logan's own uh, anything. Basically. On YouTube, you go to videos, you go to lives. 94.3 yep. The archived. Game. 94.3 yep. The Game. Archive right under there. lives. Uh, Bobby Howard. Ask any deals or discounts right now on Hoist the Colors. Yep. 75% off. Thanks for asking, On a Bobby. VIP subscription. All right. Joe, appreciate it, man. Hey. Good stuff today. I love silly season. Silly season. Officially here. Philip. good stuff as always, man. Thank you. All right. Tomorrow we'll have Bobby, and he'll tell you why you missed out on your 75% off deal <laughs> and why you were a fool to do that tomorrow at 12 noon. Arch Manning to Mississippi State. Jeff Levy, I'm confirming it now. I'm calling it. Joe calling a shot. We might have some quarterback news as well. All right, this has been Hoist the Colors tomorrow. 
This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back tomorrow with more of Hoist the Colors on 943 the game.